this one time a game. Carrie and I were checking in for this mage LARP. As we were standing there at check-in, a group of players we'd never seen before showed up. They also checked in, and we couldn't help but notice that one of them was carrying a bag that was labeled fresh seafood. So, of course, one of us naturally asked, hey, what's with the bag labeled fresh seafood? To which they immediately responded, oh, you have no idea. What's in this bag is amazing. The three of us are going to totally make this game. So, we checked in, we went upstairs, started playing the game, and about two-thirds of the way through the game, those three players decided that they were going to cast a magical ritual. They got out actual salt, and they made giant salt circles in the ground, and inside all of those salt circles, they made pentagrams out of the salt. As the ritual began, the bald man in their group opened up the fresh seafood bag, and he pulled out the real fresh seafood, straight from the butcher, squid. It was a good-sized squid. Probably would have fed a family of four, but instead, he plopped it on the top of his head. And then he began to cast the ritual and make that game. <laughs> okay, now roll for initiative. Okay, welcome to Honor Roll, the podcast that gives you our points of experience. Ah, I don't know. I just made that one up. I like that. I like that. Really? Well, level up your role playing game is starting to be extremely popular. I know, right? That's my. I have concerns about it. Uh oh. I think we should be the podcast that makes you betterer. More betterer. Yeah. The bestest. The one who XPs your life. Ooh, good. That's okay. Right. But we also are all about tabletop, LARP mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. So I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. And joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And, of course, Jason. The favorite, and also the one most confused by that ridiculous story. I have a ton of questions that we probably don't have time to get into. <laughs> oh, we will get to them, because that story is going to make this podcast. So I do have to. one thing to say. I wonder if you picked this particular story because this podcast is about things you could do a game that are bad. <laughs> and also, the fact that a lot of times people that are doing things at a game that are bad, uh, as we discussed on our Facebook group, it's they don't realize it. Right. And mm-hmm. also, it's a matter of... it's Poison is medicine that you've taken too much of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So, like, much. a really cool ritual at game, awesome, especially with props. We are all for props, right? Right. Uh, 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 props that are live seafood, probably not. I would be well, concerned. I, it gets worse. I'm going to let Carrie get into that oh, later. But first, so we need to get on to where people can find us. That's oh, right. Yes. So we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. We're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitch. Not Twitch. We're not on Twitch. We should. Do, you know what? I looked at Twitch. It's so complicated. It is. I've but tr- we do I've need to figure looking. it out. We need to figure it out. Okay, so if someone understands Twitch, they should Twitch us. Message I mean, us and help. Yes. Right. Help so, us. Help. anyway, all of this is to say that we are anywhere that you can get your podcast at. And we're also on Twitter. That's right. At Honor Roll Podcast. And Facebook.com slash groups slash Honor Roll Podcast. And finally, you can email us. At hosts 
at onarollpodcast.com. And if you somehow send us an email during the podcast, we'll try to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the the last place we're at is we are on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is this awesome site where you can go and you can pledge to to give a little bit of dollars to help keep this podcast on the air. Because believe it or not, it does actually cost. There's hosting fees and equipment fees and things like that. And, and more importainly, my gas money. And and, and yeah, and Pepsi as, fee. As soon as we get more than ten thousand dollars a month, uh, <laughs> I will we, also get some gas money. Reimbursed. We'll be able to. Yeah, I'll be able to quit my job and make fun of Jason for working for free. Oh, oh okay. So there you go. So if well, you wanna, hold on. Our Patreon is patreon.com on a roll podcast. That's right. Well, Carrie, do you want to tell us? Do we uh, do we want to talk about our our patrons? We can. All right. I like our patrons. Oh, yeah. oh wait, there's big news, right? There is big news. Is it somebody from Mississippi? No, that uh, I don't care about Mississippi. I, I care about the fact that we've got a new Patreon. We do. Um, I know him ha- as Hate the Game Productions, but Jason, you've actually talked to him, yes, right? Yes, uh, Brian Fox. I met him on one of the many uh, role-playing game discussion groups that I'm on. Exciting. Yeah. Super cool. So well, we talked briefly. I'm like, hey, we did an episode about this exact issue we're discussing. Why don't you listen to it and let, tell me what you think? And he did, and then he joined Patreon, like, immediately. That's well, awesome. We really appreciate it, Brian. Yes, Yay. absolutely. We must also... Uh, when when we got the when he signed up on Patreon, it was hate the game production. Is yeah. that correct? Hate game the, with a three with, instead with of an a three e. instead of an e. So right, I, I don't know Isn't what that, that means. Gam three, gam three, gam yeah. three Good productions. Yeah. Anyway, he seems like a really cool guy, and we yeah. talked a little bit. And, and now I really that I appreciate it, and now that I've called him hate the gam three productions, he's going to take his patronage. No, <laughs> don't do that. You have Brian. to wait till the first one processes, and then you can take it. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, some of the other people that we have that are on our. Patreon include uh, Cameron Pruitt. He's my favorite. Right. Lost Colonies. Thanks for... I like Lost Colonies. And they too. also have a Patreon as well. Please yes. seek them out. Go play the Lost Colony LARP if you are anywhere near the D.C. area. Joe That's Hines right. is pretty awesome and right. he would love to have you join him. Every time they post pictures, I'm always jealous. They look uh, like they I have am a, jealous. They have a really high costume LARP. Yeah. I love it. Great. I love it. And we also have Ryan Martin. My hey, favorite Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, obviously. Oh, oh, we also have Drew Stevens. That's right. And we also have um, Storm Maiden, Bearer of the Seven Dice. You know who you are. Well, listen, if you would like a shout out, we would love to give you one, but you can only get one by helping us keep this show on the air and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash honorable podcast. So when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were all sitting right here at this table recording a podcast. And That's a week right. has passed. Jason, tell me, what's up with you? Uh, I learned the most important thing about role-playing Friday night. Don't do it if you want to have a, a good, rewarding life. Uh, well, I learned that <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've stacked up my books in a pile with some gasoline and thought really hard about it. But what I learned last night is if you have uh, two young men in the age range of 10 to 13, kind of, then you have to realize the fact that at some point you have to stop game because they've got too much energy to sit there and play a tabletop role-playing game. And that was an important <laughs> lesson that I learned Friday night was we got about halfway through the game and they're both like jumping out of their seat and having a ton of energy. And I was like, you know what? It's not happening tonight. Just, just go <laughs> run around for a little bit and go come outside back, and yeah. play and have a good time and we'll do this again next week. Maybe they need to go out and play first. Well, you know what? I realized that what... I should probably be running them a LARP <laughs> because, uh, yeah. because tabletop is a very specific thing and uh, 
LARP is too. Right. And if you're more physical, sometimes LARP is a better choice for you. Sure. And I think that they would both enjoy a, a LARP, but I, that means I've got to get together with like 20 kids. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> just which is okay too. It's yeah. just something that takes a little more planning. Just a completely different beast. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. What about you, Ryan? Well, uh, my life is currently Carrie's Kickstarter. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Carrie has a Kickstarter for an adult coloring book. It is a coloring book for adults. It is not an adult coloring book. Thank That's you. next year. Right. Uh, <laughs> it is called Colorful Tales of Dreadful Dolls, and it features a bunch of her artwork of creepy dolls and also features little short vignette stories about each of those dolls that I have written. Right. And so that has kind of been my project for the last week as I have been working a lot on getting those stories to where uh, they are good and short and concise and yes. creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Uh, and then my work is about to get really crazy, uh, you know, just because we have our, our annual management meeting is this week. And so between those two things, that's really been my life. So uh, if you want to come to the annual management meeting, you can find <laughs> us uh, at my work. And if you would like to go check out Carrie and I's, uh, it's mostly Carrie's Kickstarter for Colorful Tales of Dreadful Dolls, that would be awesome because we are just shy of our next stretch goal where the amazing JR mounts the pickle man is going to actually get to draw a doll and contribute to the book. And if you would like to go check that out, it is on Kickstarter, and you can go to Kickstarter and search for Colorful Tales of Dreadful Dolls, or you can actually just do realfunstudios.com, and that real is R-E-E-L, like a film reel, not uh, like real very. I have an important question. Yes. Is there a free lunch at that management meeting? <laughs> There's three because it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Something to think about. Uh, now you have to, to figure about. out where I work. Carrie, what about you? <laughs> um, I have something that needs to be addressed and it's kind of not fun. So a person made some statements about one of our podcasters on a Facebook thread um, where a listener shared an episode last week. Um, and I'm going to address that. In this day and age, we listen to accusers. We pay attention. We give merit to words. But sometimes... Someone's words are misleading, perhaps not on purpose, but there are times when what someone says and feels isn't the full story, and sometimes they're just outright wrong. I'm sorry the person in this thread who made the statement felt attacked and that they felt abused. However, I'm not going to sit and let someone say that one of my co-hosts is an abuser, period. Neither of my co-hosts are abusers. They can be aggressive in their opinions they can talk over me because they get excited. They can sometimes open their mouths about topics when they should maybe just walk away. These things are never intentional, or when it is intentional, they're attempting to be funny. It doesn't always succeed, but that's the intent. Having an opinion, speaking over someone, or saying more than they maybe should is not abuse. This is called being a person. This is called being a friend. I'm not looking to turn this into a topic. Ryan and Jason wanted to just ignore it. But I wanted to say these things. While I am very much about bringing things to light, when the things cast into the spotlight are incorrect, it hurts the truth. I have been in terrible situations in the gaming community. I've been threatened to be raped because of what I wore, had nicknames that an entire org called me because of my breast, was told I didn't know how to ST because of my gender, that I was only head storyteller of a game because I slept with people to get it. I have been actually abused in gaming circles. I know what it looks like and what it feels like. There are fights out there that still need to be fought. 
There are people to protect and champion. This is not one of those fights. In attacking my co-host, this person is attacking those that would and have defended that person, and it takes away attention that could be used for the real, potentially dangerous situations that are actually abuse. I read a quote on someone's wall um, after all of this went down, and um, I'd like to share it right now. Um, You can tell an ST is good when they get called bad or unethical by toxic players. That's a sign that an ST isn't afraid to stand up and do what's right or won't back down when a toxic player starts trying to bully others. I really feel that kind of um, fits this entire situation. All right, let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today, our topic is, again, Problem Players, Part 2. Part two. There's so many Problem Players that we had to split this up. That's right. So last week, we talked about Problem Players who's who become problem players based on how they handle mechanical things. And just as cars and what? What? Just as, <laughs> just as there are a lot of behaviors that can be disruptive and unwelcoming or even just annoying driven by the mechanics of role-playing games, there are also some that are driven based on how we interact socially. You know, a lot of people will say that these are worse. Because the mechanical ones are governed by mechanics, so right. they have hard there, limits. There's a set rule, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. There's a limit that you're going to hit up against, but with this... These are these are also harder to address, because they feel like you're personally attacking them if you address it. Well, and it's, you know... Because you like kind we of about. are, because they're yeah. doing something personal, yeah. you know? The, right? the truth is, these behaviors, the social problems, uh, are less about the character or the game, and they tend to be more about just sort of a lack of awareness uh, about oneself concerning respectful and acceptable social behaviors at the table or in the LARP or at, at the, least we hope right. that they are unsuspected. Yeah, it's generally a lack of awareness. People yes. don't realize they're being that way. And something I say is that remember that every single person in the LARP or the game or what have you, it, you are responsible for the enjoyment of every other person there on some level. Mm-hmm. We are a gaming community and it is... It is imperative everyone is contributing positively. I'd like to say that that also includes mushes. Yes. Like, a lot of times mushes feel like they're, because you're not around anyone. Right. You you can get real focused on just your thing, but you're still part of this community. Right. I've actually found there are not many mechanical problem players in mushes. They tend to be mostly social yeah. problems. Yeah. Well, isn't, aren't the mechanics more set in stone because they're uh, they're run, coded? Yeah, because yeah. they're coded. You, well, the, I'm going to do these two cool powers together, and I get this. Nope, yeah. they don't work together. Literally, the, yeah, <laughs> there the is universe no doesn't command. let you. There's no command to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. um, oh wait, I, I have something to say about mushes real quick. Yeah, I, I've been getting people asking me about what are mushes. Oh, and I think that we do need to do a mush episode in the future about hey, these are mushes. These are the ones carries run, and uh, these are some other cool ones out there. Maybe sure. maybe we can do questions. like a maybe we'll do like a special. We can episode. do a Patreon episode maybe. Ooh, we'll do a Patreon about mushes. Ooh, the mushes. We'll make Jason play a mush. Yeah, so, that would be a great one. I want to before we get started. There's a couple of things I want to say just about this. I just want to note that. Um, 
we're all going to hear a little bit of ourselves in the description of every one of these. And Mm -hmm. that is because in small doses and combined with positive traits and uh, positive contributions, um, these things in small doses are fine. Yes. Right? If it's in the right group of gamers, uh, these things are not inherently bad. Absolutely. And in fact, sometimes they're good. Right. Well, I think each one of them has a moment when it's appropriate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. But appropriateness is the key. Yeah. So before we got into specific types of problem players last week, we talked a little bit about how to deal with a problem player, right? So this week, before we get into the details, I want to talk for a second about what, what you can do to avoid having a problem player in your gaming community to begin with. Oh, that's hard. Right. Oh, this is back to gatekeeping. This Ian, is a little bit about positive gatekeeping. gatekeeping. Right. So this Which is, is tricky. This section is called vetting at the door. Hmm. Mm, I just okay. made that up. I like that. You like that? Yeah. Again, as we talked about last week, you are the gatekeeper for your gaming community. Whether you are the storyteller, you know, whose house you're playing at, you know, for a tabletop I'm the key game. master. I don't know what you're talking about. If you're about. the wizard in the, in the mush, I don't right? Uh, if you're the head storyteller or lead storyteller at your LARP, you are kind of the gatekeeper for your gaming community. Anyone with a leadership position, for example, yes. in MES, you have two different uh, chains of command. You have the storyteller chain of command, and then you also have a coordinator chain of command. Right. And both of those people are responsible for this sort of thing. You know, or in a tabletop, the, the dungeon master, yeah. the table it's, runner. Yes, absolutely. So obviously, the really simple thing to say here is just don't let, don't let people you don't want to game with into your gaming group. And that is the most simplest, easiest thing to say. Unfortunately, that's not always practical. For example, in particular, in LARP and Mush, those two things are much more public and open forums, right? Anyone, Generally. Anyone who finds your Mush's website can ask to join and play it. Correct. And it's blind. You have no idea who they are in real life. Generally not, no. Right? If anyone reads about, especially if your LARP is part of an organization, anyone who goes to that organization's website and finds, oh, you ha- I have a troop I'm, next to me. I'm going to show up. Right. Well, <laughs> they just show up. It's a complete stranger. You don't know if you should allow them in or not. You have to allow them in because that's just how it works. And then you have to deal with them when they're a problem later. Uh, but I want to talk for a second about things you can do. So I think the first thing is talk to them. When they show up, don't just hand them off to uh, somebody to help them make a character. You know, we, we talked about this in like one of our second or third episodes about uh, run the game you say you're going to be running. Yes. This is your opportunity to say what the game is that you're running. And make sure they're a fit for it. Right. Right. Because if they if they're like, oh, wait, I don't like this type of game. Right. If you're not wasting your time or their time. Right. And this if is, you can kind of give like, hey, this is the behavior that we expect from everybody here. And if they're weird about it, yeah, maybe it's right. time. It's I'm going to use, time. I'm gonna use a mush example because it's the most clear cut. Mm-hmm. But in mush, a lot of times the, the right up front, it will say, this is a role play heavy game in which social situations and your characters are going to matter more than rolling dice or entering combats, right? And then there are other mushes where they say, this is about going on adventures and killing stuff. And it's not at all about social interactions or the development of your character. Mm -hmm. Mushes are very... Mushes do a fantastic job of actually being very upfront with those things. Yeah. Um, In fact, some of that's just because of the simplicity that, you know, you said earlier, code... 
the, you the, can't you can't do things right. If it says the you can't soft, do it, and you so just can't. There are some games where you go and they actually don't have combat code. Right. They're, you don't even have. There are some mushes that don't even have character sheets. You know what I mean? Right. You literally just play, and it's all um, consent based. Very free forming. Right. Nordic. And so, and those things are great. But but you <laughs> don't say transmedia. Shut up. <laughs> but you want people to you want people to know up front what to expect, what you're running, yes. and find out. And this is also your chance to ask, what kind of game do you like? Strange person I've never seen before. Right. And if it's not this game, then it's time to let them know. Hey, by the way, this is this game. And if this is not what you're into, and you're gonna try to push it in the other way. Then you agree you know, to part ways. And, and make sure that they know if you have any rules. Absolutely. Like, you know, hey, we don't let anyone play elders or right. we don't let anyone that hasn't been in the game before play someone of power until we get to know them. Well, or, I used to play on a, well, it's not a mush. I was on a, a, a chat. Like mm-hmm. a, ran, a play-by-post yeah, yeah. kind of thing. It was kind of like a play-by-post thing. And they ran Changeling. And they had a very specific rule because in Changeling, you can play kids. It's a bit part of the whole genre. Yeah. Is that you play kids. And, uh... So they had a rule like, hey, no cybering. Fair. Because there was too because many issues. Little kids need to not be being role-played as having cyber sex. That's right. Because and, and that is gross and illegal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was one of those things where they were like, look, this is not technically illegal to cyber like this. However, it's we... It's gross. It's gross. And we don't want it on our well, servers. Well, in some places it's technically That's illegal. That's true. In some places it is it is illegal. And like we don't want it on our servers and we don't want that kind of role play. And we don't want the kind of role players who do that here. Right. And yeah. so if there you know a place of, to go do that, you go there. We don't want anything to, to do get with out. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as if it's at your own table, like if it's actually a tabletop game happening in your mom's basement, because that's where we all play. Sure. Um, I, I wish. In your mom's basement. Know, right? In Chicago. We all I truck up to Chicago. I'm jealous of people with full basements so, right. so much. My next house is going to have a basement just so I can, like, Dakota will be able to say, let's play in my mom's basement. I right. thought that was a basement that your TV was in. Kind of. We're going to have to move the gaming It's a tri-level. It's a weird, yeah. yeah I don't know. So, anyway, but if it's your own house, it's much easier to vet players. You're typically not inviting people unless you've already met them and they're already your friends. It's unusual to play with strangers unless you're playing at a gaming store. Right. Right? But you're not gonna but the advantage to playing at a gaming store is that session you play at the gaming store is your chance to vet them to invite them back to your house in a few weeks that that also means though like if your cousin billy bob is in town and he wants to come tabletop with you and your friends you become the gate keeper for billy bob if you're bringing him to your table true or larp or mush or Or, whatever or one of your players, uh, boyfriends or girlfriends. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because we all, I guarantee you, every person listening to this right now is going, oh yeah, that ruined one of my groups. Mm. Like a Yoko Ono has always, (laughs) like everybody's had a Yoko Ono in their gaming group. I actually have a story about this and it's not about the girlfriend. It's about the, somebody brings a friend along because, you know, you're like, Hey, this game's a little small. We need to recruit players. Like, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll bring somebody. And they brought a guy, and he seemed fine, and he fit in really well, and I liked him, and I got to talking to everybody, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's cool. And then the person who brought him was like, by the way, uh, he's on the sex offender registry. I'm like, nope, out. <laughs> oh. It's like, well, it's a, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, I get that the sex offender registry could be a more complicated subject, but I have yeah. a child. And, and that's wife just who's had trouble with people like that yeah. in the this past. This is just the line. This is my line, and uh, you gotta hold it. Yeah, I'm gonna hold that one for here. Very, very long time ago, um, I was sort of dating a guy, and uh, but he was a DM, and so he was like, "Come DM, you know, come, come 
playing the table. So I showed up and it was like me and like six other guys. And then this guy that I was kind of dating And anytime he get a phone call and, and the guy, all the guys at the table, they would look and then they'd start going one, two, and they, and they count up till 10. They give him 10 seconds on the phone and then they'd start chanting blood, blood. <laughs> and they just get louder and louder every time. And I would, I'm just sitting there with my eyes wide going, what is happening? And that's how they got him off the phone. Because he took <laughs> long phone calls during the game he was running. It wasn't even that. I get, apparently he used to. And, and so they, they cut him off at 10 seconds <laughs> and they would champ blood at him. <laughs> so basically, Ooh. you know, we have to trust that our game, our game master or storyteller or DM, that they need, they need to be picking their players based on the style of role play and communicating that style to their players and talking to their players about what the players want and uh, and players need to pick dungeon masters that that they trust because trust enables risk that's, that's right you know. and I'd, I'd also like to say that if you wind up in a in a larp or probably a mush I'm not as experienced with those or a tabletop game or anything and you realize that you don't trust the person running it leave right there it are other matter. games even if it's a good game if it's a great game, Leave because it, the better the game is, the more likely you're going to wind up in a situation that you're extremely uncomfortable with, or, or that you really needed that trust and yes. it wasn't there, and it was yeah. not there. Right, and suddenly things have happened. Now, I, would, I don't want to say that's your fault because that person still crossed the line, but I do want to say if you see the warning signs, you should bail immediately. You have responsibility for your own fun as well as the fun of others when you're part of a gaming community. Yes. So uh, anyway, so in conclusion, like I said. Uh, you know, you want to you wanna do your best to vet people. It's not always possible, but you want to try. And the best way to do that is to communicate with them before they've made a character and are invested and believe that they are staying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to just quickly touch base. There is uh, one of the guys who listens to our podcast named John Sharp. Hi, he, John. He runs a blog called The Quest for the Perfect Role-Playing Game. Oh, and, yeah. I uh, read that article the other yeah, day. And he yeah, wrote a, he wrote an article about picking people to role-play with. And uh, anyway, we're going to put a link up on this episode's page, so you can go check that out. Uh, thank you, John, for sharing it and letting us, uh, you know, kind of incorporate some of that into our discussion. Yes, it was a great article. Thank right. you. So let's talk a little bit more about the bad problem players. Now bad it's time for the players. categories. So we're going to start with the attention whore. Uh, and this is exactly the story. This is the story we opened with. Okay, I have so many questions. <laughs> hear, and, and of course, like always, we have the quote. So, okay, I am going to make this game. And and wait, and here's the sound effect for this squeak going on the ball guy's head. Okay, so like, first of all, when y'all were telling this story, I, I had two thoughts. One. The same ones that y'all had. This sure. is a huge mess. This is distracting from the rest yeah. of the game, et cetera, et cetera. But my third one was, yeah, that if this was appropriate, they that's cool, right? Right. Again, it's that thing what? where if it's appropriate, it's awesome. And if it's not appropriate, it's disruptive. Part of part of the weirdness was none of us knew them. They swooped in to do this ritual. And right. then never came back. Yeah, they, they never played like, the game again. They, they literally said, we're going to make your game. You know, and it's like, they did. We're still talking about it. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> but like, success. Yeah, you know. Tell them. Wait, wait, wait. If you're those people, and for some reason you listen to this, please email us. Oh, yeah. I desperately want to know the other side of the story <laughs> and what's happened. What crazy things y'all have done in other games. Well, there, okay, well it's crazier. Carrie, tell him the other piece wait, of wait, this. I have one other question. All right. This was a ritual, right? What what was it? 
it, okay, I don't remember what it was called. It, it was, was some kind of like combine, like let's combine our powers or become a a, a not a pack, but whatever the mages were called, coterie. No, no, mm, whatever circle, it was, cabal, cabal. cabal yes. Okay, you know, it, it, that, it was one of those, you know, like let's all combine our powers to sure. be one big thing or whatever. Why, why and, squid? Um, the name of it had the word tentacle in it. Oh, okay. So, or, so, so there is a tenuous it, connection. It was, right, yes. it was like tentacles of power connecting a bunch of uh, okay. dweebs. As soon as the gentleman had the the squid hat. Right. Ball guy puts the squid on. Right. Or was it an octopus? I don't remember uh, what it was. I don't know, but it was it, real. It was real yes. and it had tentacles. And it was and huge. Slimy and it was and big and it covered his whole head. Dripping. It covers his whole head. Yeah. yeah it, it well, big. the top of his head, like it covered. That's the gigantic. It was giant. <laughs> and it was dripping <laughs> viscous seafood juice. Phlegm. Yeah, yeah. You know, slimy stuff, right? And so he stands there. He's like, ah, and like, and the, Everybody else in the game was just standing there with our jaws open because we were just like, what is well, happening? Well, sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> and then the people that were in his cabal. Or, right, the three right, of them the, that the, came the with. The other people, right? They all reached down into their little bags that we didn't realize there was more. Yeah. Right. So there's like six bags of seafood here. And right. they each pulled out a small squid or octopus, whatever it was. A baby one. It was like one? the size of... Uh, calamari because it was small enough for them to all put them in their mouth and they did it i have an important question <laughs> yes did they eat them i don't know really. I, no i think they spit them out that is know. look but, if you're gonna go <laughs> this far but, had they not eaten them i'm offended if they'd eaten it it would have made that game that oh. would have been amazing so so they all pop these things in their mouth right. and we're all just like oh uh, uh. And then they all go and they grab one of the tentacles off of the dude in the center and they all do ring around the rosy around Maypole him. Maypole style. Maypole That's style. awesome. As they chanted in, I don't know if it was so, Latin or what, or to do up. this made up language, whatever. And they were all doing this ritual. And I remember looking at the storyteller and I... And you could tell there was part of him he was slightly proud because, you know, this amazing wow, thing was Wow, that's an amazing ritual. Day, right? And it was also a, oh, shit. What is <laughs> happening in my game? I've lost control. Part of it would be that a group of strangers did it. Yeah, I think that. Because if people you oh, knew were there and they're like, hey, I want to do this crazy ritual. You, you know and what? then you told I've, them. I've seen things in game. I've seen people <laughs> eat fire in game. Sure. I've, I've seen things. I've seen things. I've experienced things. No, but I'm saying, like, I, I've seen rituals happen yes. in game where people ate fire, like, for real. Like, yes. they did the, you know. But the storytellers knew. Right. These so, guys didn't clear this with their STs. No. No, yeah. we, we had a, a stabbing in a game one time where we used a fake knife and a, yes. blood, and a homemade blood pouch. Yes, I've and had so that, too. And so when the too. guy stabbed me, I hit the ground and, like, blood's everywhere. Right. Yeah. And but, if you're, st- but if the staff didn't know about that? That would be weird. No. <laughs> Hey, I I just want to say something. Drew? Drew. Let's do this at your game. (laughs) (laughs) We we have to start by finding a bald guy. James, Dave, James. Ah, James, let's put an octopus Listen to this podcast and buy some calamari. Nothing says Dark Archive like putting a giant squid on your head, James, Davey. Oh. All right, so. <laughs> He's still mad at me because I sent him a camo kimono and told oh, him he should wear it. And he no. Said no. So the attention whore needs to be the center of the game. They think that they are the feature presentation, and everybody needs to look at them. Uh, maybe it's a desire for for attention, or maybe they believe that they're better gamers than everyone else, or maybe they just want to show off. It, it's hard and to I, tell. And I think a lot of 
a lot of times an attention whore thinks, look at this amazing moment I'm making. Right. And so I'm sharing it with everyone. Like, I don't think attention whores are being mean or evil. It's not necessarily villainous. It's not villainous. I actually think attention whores just don't think of other people. Like, it's... They're good people who who are un... unintentionally selfish and yeah. don't realize that what they're doing is actually disrupting everyone else's game. Yeah. Hey, everyone in the room, stop what you're playing and look at me put this fucking squid on my head. <laughs> now, and, you know, it's one of those things that goes back to what we said at the beginning. You know, a small amount of this it can be pretty amazing. Well, like, like, I do it. Everybody, I, everybody does but, it. But I'm saying, like, you, if, yes. if I had to pick one, I am I am more an attention whore than... Auntie <laughs> Susie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I play a character that's very old and yells at people and tells bad stories. I've right. seen you walk across a room with your old, broken back, hurt hip That's walk, That's actually and it my takes, real walk. It takes you <laughs> ten minutes to cross a room, and I've watched the entire game stop to watch you roleplay. Oh, no! To watch you roleplay walking across that room. But here's the thing, though, is you are not... Asking them to stop. Like, when you put a squid on your head and you go, Attention, everyone, I'm casting this ritual. Like, you are instructing them to stop. But these people, they don't realize they're disrupting. They okay. don't yeah. realize they're doing this. They think and, they're doing a positive thing. And they're so over the top, they're actually distracting their game. And in some instances, creating an atmosphere that's actually uncomfortable for others. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I am... You know, I'm not the world's most religious person, but I am I am a Christian. And you know what? When you start drawing circles with pentagrams in it in salt in the middle of a game I'm playing, that's a that is freaks you out a little bit. Close it is pretty close to my line. That's that's why I won't play Sabbath. Right, because you're because because I grew up Catholic, yeah. Right, and so many of their rituals are deliberately a perversion yes, of Catholic. Yes, absolutely, they are. One of the problems with the attention whore is that just as much as they are giving, they truly believe they're giving their all to make the game better. Mm-hmm. They're also making it so others in the game don't have the opportunity That's to right. shine. Yeah. Like, how can you do anything cool after some guy stuck a squid on his head? Well, I guess I'm going to make a speech now. Yeah. Uh, Uh, It's not going to have any blood or squid or salt or anything. Wanting to make an impression is a great quality. It's a good thing to bring to a game. It gets people involved. Um, It makes, you know, it can... It can make the game. It can make the game. But you have to keep that desire to make that that moment... um, you have to keep it from becoming a negative thing. I think that the other half of this is the trick is that the moment has to be open. It has to be a thing that it's inviting other people into. Shared. Right. If I get up and do something huge, speech or what have you, and it's creating an opportunity for other people to interact with that, that's great. If I get up there and it's just self-aggrandizing, then that's not added anything. Right. All, All right, right. So our next one's the bad mouther. Oh, we've never met any of those. Oh, it- I think we've all been one of those. <laughs> Go ahead. Quick, who's got the quote? Oh, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> that game has the worst players. They're all unfriendly power gamers. And Andy, don't get me started on what a cheater Andy is. Right. So the bad mouther is this gamer who insists on making sure that everyone else knows that they have bad feelings and bad opinions <laughs> about another player, another storyteller, another game, another genre. Uh, another group or, or a big one is another gaming organization in large. Right. Whew, that one's bad. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I or mean, no, you know what? It must too. Really? People will bad mouth other, other games. Yeah. 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 When somebody that. mentions when somebody mentions the name of a of another gaming group, the bad mouther immediately rolls their eyes and huffs before anyone yeah. can go go on. 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and out myself. I know that I'm bad about this, Amy. If you're listening, thank you for rescuing me that night. You, it, you know, know what I'm talking about. Becoming, <laughs> becoming a bad mouther is a trap. Like it it's is. so easy to fall into it. It feels like you're doing a good thing when right. you start. You're like, hey, here's some legitimate issues I had. But it's just place. spirals because we've all been burned, right? Yeah, in and, some way, yeah. And it's, again, it's about medicine or poison. A certain amount of, hey guys, I had this bad experience is acceptable. But when you start going into it constantly, you have to make sure that what you're saying is helpful and true. As opposed to being uh, resentment and bitterness. And again, if it's just to get attention, you're not accomplishing your goal. No. I have met people who have had completely opposite experiences from what I had in horrible, horrible games. Yes. Like, or a game I thought was a horrible, horrible game. Right. I know people who are like, that's the best game ever. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Some games that we feel are bad are not bad to other people, and that's an opinion. It's that thing we were talking about a few minutes ago where the idea is that, like, some people want a combat game and some people want a social game. Yeah. Right. Well, if I end up in the wrong one, I think that game sucks. But it maybe it doesn't. Me, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah, so the problem might be you. Not the game. Right. Right. And I, I just think that's something you have to keep in the back of your mind because, again, I've been guilty of this. And when it started out, I felt like, hey, I need to tell people that this thing happened. Right. Uh, but it became me hating on and crapping on a, a different group. And and people and games and organizations can change. Yeah. That's true. And I think a trick is if it ever makes you feel like you're better than someone else, then you're probably crossing the line. You're definitely doing it for the wrong reason. Right. Absolutely, and and for that matter, it can also you, it can also contribute badly to you building uh, the gaming community you're playing in currently. Mm-hmm. You know, a gaming community built on having fun together is always a stronger one than one that's built on a shared distaste for the org you just left. Yeah. I thought that's why we founded orgs. <laughs> <laughs> that's why some people do, and they never work, do they? They always fail. I mean, obviously, if you're at a game and you're uh, molested, raped, or any of uh, physically abused, any of these terrible things, yeah, people need to know about it at a certain extent. Uh, but at the same time, you can take it too far. Yeah, I With, think I think negativity is easy, but being a better person is awesome. <laughs> All right, next yeah. up is the competitor. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You think that's crazy? That's nothing. One time I played a character in a game that. <laughs> so the competitor, uh, the competitor, is someone who appreciates the game, uh, and they also appreciate their experience in having played so much that they have to share everything that ever happened to them. Every time anybody talks about anything, if someone says, "I just played in this amazing plot," the uh, the competitor will immediately go, "You think that's good? Let me tell you about this thing that happened to me." Oh, you know what my favorite aspect of this is? Telling STs about all the NPCs you've killed. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes it's it's based on a competitive nature. Like, I, the, the competitor feels like they actually have to one-up everyone around them to sort of fulfill their their bragging rights and prove themselves. I don't think that's always the case, not, though. No. What do you think it is, Gary? I think it's people are so excited and proud they just yeah. love they, the game. They that just much. love the game that much that they just want to share, yep. and but they don't think. Wait a minute, he was there. <laughs> he, these players that I'm sharing this with all had a similar 
thing happened to, you know, they were right. in the room with me. I have or, to be careful because it can come out as competing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it always looks like a selfish attempt to sort of steal your spotlight. So you just told everybody about this character you played this one time. Yes. Right? And instead of going, wow, yeah, that character sounds great. Instead, I go, you think that's good? Let mm-hmm. me tell you about my character. Yeah. And, and that's unfair to you. Because your character was better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's another aspect of this, too, that some experiences only make sense within the moment that they happened in. Right. For example, sometimes I tell y'all stories about my work, and because you have so little uh, reference, yeah. they don't make sense or they're not funny. But when I tell those same stories at work, everybody's like, wow, that's hilarious. I, know, so, I always feel that because I can feel my eyes glazing over <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. And so... Uh, so maybe you're telling a story about this cool mush or LARP or tabletop game you played in 20 years ago, and that person has a perfect frame of reference for it. But there's a good chance they don't have the right information to even know that it's yeah, interesting. Right. Or they just don't. They don't care. Or they don't care. Oh, you, know, you killed 20 NPCs. Good mm, for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, competitors are typically, uh, of this, all of these social problem players, the competitor is probably the most harmless. Uh, yeah. Because they truly, they just love gaming. I think the moment that that becomes bad is when it tries, crosses over to Power Gamer 2. It, and it can. Yeah, those yes, pair absolutely. together quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some serious ones. How about the Creeper? Are your boobs that big in character, too? I just need to make sure my character stares the right amount. I want to make sure that I hit on you, but I, I want to make sure that you're not ugly. Are you an uggo? Is your character an uggo? So the creeper is the gamer that makes others uncomfortable or uns- feel unsafe because of how they behave. Please, or- no one take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> um, the creeper might hover over other players in an uncomfortable way, or they might violate personal space, or they stare too long. Or are touchy. Or they might might just say things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it's more like they just act a little like as if they're actually crazy or unstable. Right. Mm. You know, the creep, the creeper is not always sexual is what I'm getting at with that part. Right. You know, we had a player for a long time that we went back and forth on whether he was a good guy or not. Cause he was the creeper. He was definitely a creeper and he had a hard time interacting with others. Makes, made others uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we had some complaints here and there. And each time we would come down or, well, at the time I wasn't on staff later on when I joined staff, uh, we would the discussion would always be well. If there is a line, they've never really quite crossed it. But but they've certainly made people uncomfortable. Right. So this is a tricky one, and I also want to say that I've played characters in the past that were themselves creepy, and it is a difficult line that you have to walk, and you need to have a lot of out of character engagement, and be with. Make sure that you're playing with people that you trust and trust you. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you will cross over very easily. Right. You have to take creepers very seriously, but you also have to not confuse awkward and uncomfortable with threatening and dangerous. Well, because the other thing is, um, especially in a LARP. Yes. Um, LARP tends to attract those that don't have don't always have a lot of um, understanding of social cues. Right. And there's a lot. There's a in, the word that goes around now is like neurodivergent. 
they don't think like normal people. Okay, yes. Like people with ADHD is or that, autism. Is that word transmedia? Uh, I hope so. It is so now. It's a blockbuster word. <laughs> it's a, um, I'll tell you that. <laughs> what it, it, um, but yeah, so yeah. like you also have to be aware that if you have somebody that has an issue that doesn't know they're being a creeper. And that's what it turned out to be with the, the person that, that yeah. Jason was just telling me right. about. Yeah, I think they were autistic. Argument. He he may have been autistic, but the, but he also had some some problems from one, from a a war he was in. So yeah, so you also uh, you have to balance that. You know, you right. you know like it, it's a little bit of a you have to champ I don't want to say champion, but you have to champion all of your players that are feeling a little uncomfortable with the right. creeper, but you also have to make sure that the creeper is actually doing something intentionally wrong. Yeah. Whether it is or not, you try to address it, but you know, if it's not intentional, be kind as well. Right. For for a lot of gamers, it's it's also doubling as some therapy, right? And so yep. you've got to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have to be sensitive to the to everybody else too. Right? Yeah. If yeah. if you're in a leadership position, as we continue to say, you have an obligation to all of your players. Right. Mm-hmm. If the person who is behaving in a creepy way is not being directly harmful, you need to coach them on their behavior. Yes. And see if you can improve it. Before you just outright ban them. Yeah, take them take them to someplace safe. Take them out to coffee or something like we've talked about in the past. Uh, get them out of the gaming environment and into a social environment and talk to them and try to determine if their story, uh, you know, is something that is acceptable to remain in your game. Their personal for real life yes. story, mm-hmm. you know. And, and in the end, remember that the safety and comfort of your gaming community should always just really be the thing that lets you decide, do they stay or go? Yeah. Right. And... If someone does cross the line with creeping, ban them immediately. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we're we're not saying uh, you know give give uh, someone who's sexually harassing someone an opportunity to explain their behavior. That's yeah. not what we're saying. Yeah, no, no. We're no. Saying, they were saying there is a line, and if they right. cross it, I, you know, boom, yeah. out. So the point is, just be careful that 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 your creeper is you, you know take a little steps, Take the steps to make sure that the creeper is actually being a creeper or or not and then act accordingly mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. so uh, so what's ne- next Ryan? the next one is the intimidator uh this is the guy who goes who when uh, somebody says you know my character's gonna try and do this to yours and they go oh yeah i'd like to see you try oh you know what i hate most about that it's not when they do it in game it's when, when they do it out of game out of game i used to play with a guy he would always be like hey I built this new character specifically to kill your character, so you better not mess with me. And I'm like, what? Is everybody listening? Or or in in Vampire LARPs, it's usually the guy with the deep baritone voice who uh, weighs about 250, 300 pounds and looks like he could just smush everyone in the room. And so he just says, he just talks loud and is physically imposing. Wait, no, that's when how he you tells, get XP. When he right. <laughs> no, but not out of character. <laughs> oh, that's right? true. So, you know, they well, use that imposing physical size and their um, aggressive... Yeah, voice. I was going to say, like, this one bothers me a lot. Right. Because, I, because I've had several players do that to me. As a storyteller, they'll come up and they tower... You know, and I mean, I'm not a, a tiny woman. Right. But, you know, I'm also not... If somebody's six, six six, they're taller than most of us. Right. And, and these guys will come up, and it's usually guys, right. will come up and, like, they'll, they'll like, I can see them actually tensing before they right. come up so that they're they're towering over me and they're tense and all that. And then they'll be like, what happened to my XP? Or, you know, <laughs> That's and like, awful. And, you know, and it's like, I don't scare easy. 
Right. I don't. Um, I probably should more than I do, but I don't. Right. And, you know, there's been a couple times where I've had to be like, you need to have Ryan or Jason yeah. do this because I'm not doing this with you hovering right. over me like this. Cause, like, and then I realized later, like, they were doing that on purpose. Yes. Right. There is a female version of the Intimidator, and that is the uh, the very overtly sexual female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it has nothing I mean, to do... I mean, sometimes it's guys. It has know, nothing I've known it overtly sexual guys, too. It yeah. has nothing to do with how they look physically. It's sure. about how they dress, how they act, and how they talk about their personal life. How they present themselves. That's right. And they will use their out-of-character, you know, sexiness or sexuality to also influence getting what they want. Um, mm-hmm. Carrie, you used to say, and it was a complaint, you would say this like you were frustrated by this, but yeah. you, you you used to say, I was a little frustrated because I went and I asked that storyteller for this thing and he let me have it because I have boobs. Yeah. And I really, to... what I really wanted was a scene in it to be a challenge. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, so I think it, it happened easy. inadvertently to you, but there are, there are people who use that intentionally. I think we should never use our out of character ability ability to convince somebody of something to get cool stuff. Right. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey, here's a here's a cool thing I'd like to do. Can we work this out maybe? But it's not okay to use your wiles or your strength or your size or your stench to somehow right. convince somebody to... Uh, <laughs> I will stink next to you. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> to submit to your will. Sometimes it's just people just randomly just noting when the people that might maybe attempt to kill their character are around and they might just say like at restaurant near them. Yeah. If my character were get, were to be killed, like I just, I don't know that I could keep living. It's really the only positive thing in my life right now. I, Oh my gosh. How do you, how do you roll that guy's character now? When I was OST, I would get messages like that. Sometimes I don't know what the game is. The only thing that keeps me healthy. And I'm like, I was thinking about recommending you be banned. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, no one should ever have to be bullied because ultimately that's what this is. It's All of ultimately this is a form of bullying because bullying is sometimes it's it's not just physical or social. It can also be a little bit mental. Uh, let me talk about something in character like this that I can be guilty of, which is inti- being too intimidating in play because there's people, especially between men and women, in which when a man yells at them, they have very serious reactions out of game. And so as a person who yells a lot of game, be aware that people can't always handle it. And that's even, nothing against them. Even it's in mushrooms. what they're not. Right. Like I, I've seen that in mushrooms where if like a character gets aggressive, like people are just like, I can't role play with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. It's just too much. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. I've got real life stuff that keeps me from yeah. handling this. Right. And you know what though? But you also have to be careful because the opposite could be true too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played in a LARP where there was a person who was whose character was often ending up being a target of needing to be uh, addressed in character, right. dressed down in character, you know, socially. And, uh, and they would feign an inability to handle being, you know, being confronted. I mean, As, maybe it, it was, wasn't, a, maybe it wasn't feigning, but, but they put themselves in that position. Be aware and of your so limitations. Suddenly, yeah. the rest, suddenly the rest of the game is altering their behaviors to let her get away with things because of that. So, you know, ultimately, the Intimidator is someone who uses out-of-game things uh, to to manipulate in-game yes. stuff. Right. Uh, so let's go to the next one. Just playing my character guy. Uh, we talked a little bit about this guy on every podcast ever. <sighs> Absolutely. This is the guy who says, okay, so I know that what my character is about to do is going to completely break this game and ruin everything that we've played for six months about, but it's what my character would do.
Here's the biggest problem with just playing my character guy is that he's not playing his character. His character is playing him. Yep. Absolutely. And, and and we have to remember that we are in control of our character no matter what. It's your character. And if you think the character will break the game or ruin the game or make it not fun for everyone else, then you are the one who has to find a way to change it. Be willing to positively metagame your character in such a way that you make the game more fun and more enjoyable, not just for yourself, but for everybody. If you ever shrug and say, sorry, I'm just playing my character, you are the problem. Yes. No matter what. And and you need to remember the character belongs to you, not the other way around. Absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah. So we're running a little long, so we're going to go the last through a little qu- more quickly yeah. because they're not quite as bad. No, uh, no. Uh, so, number uh, the next one is the Reminiscer. Oh, this one time a game, I played this character who was so freaking awesome. So this is kind of like the competitor. A You're taking bit. away from other people by essentially saying that the thing you did before is better than what we're doing now. Well, actually, this is more about somebody not recognizing that the rest of us don't want to hear all about every single character he played over the course of 30-minute long stories. And, okay, <laughs> and usually this happens at afters. Yeah. Yes. Or at pregame. Or on, on the out-of-character channel on a mush. Yes. You Go know, ahead. Like, we all want to be supportive. Sure. We all want to hear these stories. Just... Make him smaller. Self-edit. We edit, edit. We all have an old game or an old character or an old story that was awesome. We all do. And there are times when it's appropriate to Mm -hmm. share. The dilemma is the reminiscer doesn't recognize when those times are or how long they should be talking about it. Yes. I I listened to a story about when somebody was Prince one time and it took three weeks. Every time we would have a add a game meetup. The story would start again right where oh, they left off. Right? No. That's all they talked about for two hours. And the biggest problem for me with the Reminiscer is as someone who's often in the storyteller or dungeon master position, right? The Reminiscer actually makes it hard for me to build community amongst my players. And here's why. Because part of what building a gaming community requires is everyone to sort of become, uh, they don't have to be best friends, but they should be friendly with one another. They should be acquaintances. And that requires knowing one another. And I can't get to know you. I can't, nobody in my group can get to know one another if all you want to do is talk about the character you played. That you're not even currently You're monopolizing the time of the entire community. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to tell a story about your old characters. We do want to hear them. 10 minutes. 15 (laughs) Mm. All right, and so the last one we're going to let Carrie read because she's had a lot of experience with this. The, <laughs> the last one is Off His Meds Dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, so oh, let's hear the Bring quote. it, okay. Off His Meds Dude. You'll have to excuse my behavior. I'm not on my meds right now. Uh, I only have one question for those people. Unless you have a really legitimate reason for being off your medicine, why the fuck are you off your medicine? Oh my gosh, no. please don't. Why are you at game? Yeah. Why are you putting yourself in the middle of strangers and and people who don't know you all that well when you're off your meds and dangerous. So I've had two chairs thrown at me. Yeah. By yeah. Across two the different, room, one of by, them. By You'll have to two, forgive me. I was off my meds when I threw that chair at you. Yeah. <laughs> I was not um, <laughs> by, uh, by By two different players. Yeah. Um, I was accosted by one player, tried to corner me and convinced me to leave game to go to his hotel room with him. Oh, never do that. Uh, thank you. And, <laughs> did uh, you? Yeah. No, you did not. <laughs> She's still here, isn't she? No, in fact, she actually went and got a storyteller to handle No, 
I didn't because he still had me cornered. Someone else went and got a storyteller. Oh, okay. Because I remember because... But a storyteller broke it up. Yeah, because up. you were one of the storytellers. It was you and I don't remember who else, but the whole staff came barreling down. Yeah. I, I want to say, be and, that guy who goes and gets help. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. Part of being as a, a storyteller, game, you don't know. <laughs> being part of a gaming community also means being watchful of your other players, mm-hmm. other other friends, other members of your community, and when they're being uncomfortable. And, and I want to say this. If frequently, it's the women that are uncomfortable. And especially if you're at like an after-game event where people are drinking or something like that, mm. you know, be the good guy yeah. who notices, hey, that girl's had a little bit to drink, uh, and this guy seems to be creeping on her. I'm going to go make sure... That that that's a okay. Right. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and like in a situation like a mush, yeah. Um, there's been plenty of times that as a staffer, I'll get pages from someone going, "Hey, this guy's being creepy with me or being uncomfortable with me," in pages, and then like I'll have to step in, right? You right. know, and that's okay. We want you guys to do that. So let's yeah. circle back around so, to well, office meds. Yes. Yeah, so oh, I'm sorry. I, I, that's okay. I, we rabbit trail, but I think yeah. that was an important so one. So yeah. office meds, dude, is the player that's experiencing some sort of erratic or uncomfortable behavior, and it's directly or indirectly caused by the fact that they have either just changed medications or have stopped taking their medication. And uh, the thing is, being off medication is not an excuse for treating people poorly. Experiencing someone you know behaving in an uncharacteristic fashion is frightening. It is. Experiencing someone you don't know behaving in an unwelcoming fashion is terrifying now, I wanna, and dangerous. I want to say something about this. People do accidentally experience this. They People, run out of money. They, they have insurance it, changes. Or they just have a moment where, like, I've changed my meds. I thought it was okay. And yeah, I thought me. I had was leveled and, out. Right. And I don't know that I'm a problem right now. So as a community, as friends, as at least acquaintances, you should take that person aside and be like, hey, is everything okay? And then if you need to help them get home or something like mm-hmm. that, get as long as you water, feel safe do doing what, that, yep. right. then it's, you're part of the community. Take care of them. That doesn't necessarily mean they need to stay at game. Right. In fact, right. it probably means they need to leave. Yeah. you know, if That's the healthiest thing for them. If you're mm-hmm. changing meds, coming off meds, skipping doses, or experiencing some sort of behavioral shift because of meds, you know, just stay home. Right. Or ask a person at game that knows you well, hey, keep an eye on me. Because yeah. I know that I'm going through a bad spot yeah. and, right Yeah, and not, not only a person, staff as well. Yeah. Yeah, let staff know. And you know what? We all have experience with people who take mood-altering drugs, and that sort of thing. And we don't want those people to feel excluded from game because those people tend to Wait, need... you mean, you mean mood-altering medicine. medicine? Medicine. Well, yeah. it's all drugs. But yes, no, I understand but, but what it's you're important saying. Let's be clear. Yeah. Yes, we all know people who take medicine that they right. need. Yeah, because I think it's safe to say that if you're high... You probably shouldn't be. Don't, game. P- please don't come to game high as a general <laughs> rule. If if your game is everybody gets high, that's the game. That, that's, that's your, whatever, that's that's your, your thing. deal. That's your thing. <laughs> but as a general rule, yes. But if you need a medicine and you aren't taking it for some reason and and you want to go hang out with people, you have to tell staff that there might be a problem. More than likely, you need to not go to game and just say, hey, guys, instead of the two or three of y'all going to game tonight, would y'all please stay home with me? Right. And as a staff member... If a group tells me we all had to stay home because Billy was had Billy to be off his meds, us. then I'm yeah. going to say you, you did the right thing. 
I'm glad you did that. There will be no in-game repercussions for Absolutely that. Absolutely not. You know, expecting people to accept your behavior because you tell them, sorry, I'm off my meds, is unkind and unfair. Yeah. And, and it's actually kind of the intimidator then. The responsibility ultimately lies on off his meds, dude. Right. Not to the players around him. So if you know you're off your meds or you're having a problem like that, then just, just stay home. I mean, you know, game is a community in which we all need to feel safe. Right. You know, you need to be where you feel safe because you're going through a thing and you're, the rest of the players in your gaming community need to be at a place where they feel safe because... Uh, they don't need you there going through a thing. <laughs> so, That's it. would you say that most problem players don't realize they are? Absolutely. So, so last week, we talked for a minute about how I was having a problem in LARP with someone who was accusing me of cheating because they didn't recognize or believe that they could have possibly, that their character could have possibly sure. made a mistake uh, that my character caught. That person in the last week actually posted a specific reference to the idea of people calling out others for cheating when the facts are that they just didn't know everything that was going on. And, and you know and what? to do that, to actually do that, there's so much bad irony there. Like, it, it just shows, like, most problem players don't recognize or realize they're doing it at all. There's a lack of self-awareness, and, and I want to drive that home. Hey, folks listening... Be, be self-aware. Be self-aware. Yeah. But, and also, if you've got a friend, and especially if they're a very good friend, and you see one of these behaviors in them, uh, you should trust the friendship enough to ask them, hey, is that is this appropriate behavior? And, and if, if the, your friendship isn't strong enough to do that, then maybe it wasn't that strong to begin with. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> what you need to be questioning is why you're friends with that person. Sure, yeah. because you know what? Me and Ryan and, and Carrie have both, all, all three of us have been extremely critical with each other. Oh, yeah. And that's why we are good friends. Like right now, you guys need to stop talking because we need to go to Game Ram. That's right. We got absolutely hit Game Ram. Here we go. Welcome to Game Wrap. Let's go ahead and wrap this up really quickly here because we're running a little bit long. We can be found on iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to podcasts that don't suck and also where you listen to podcasts that do suck, but you should probably avoid them because this one's better. Okay. What about Twitter? Oh, we're on Twitter at Podcast. That's it. That's it. Okay. We're also on Facebook.com slash group slash Podcast, and you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com and patreon.com honorrollpodcast is where you can join our Patreon. That's right. And we'd love for everybody to share this with all of your friends and especially people who live in Mississippi. We yep. really want Mississippians. Like and share this post. That's right. Okay, so Jason, uh, congratulations. You get 5 XP for attendance. Woo-hoo. You also get 5 XP for um, having the strength and wherewithal to completely remain silent while Carrie discussed the topic that was difficult to sit through. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on a second. Oh, he's writing it down. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Carrie, you get 10 XP for yes. making the statement that was difficult yeah. to sit through. You also get 10 XP for attendance. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give you uh, 3 XP uh, just in case you feel like at any point Jason was the creeper this evening. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Join us next week for the new Westing Games D6 edition of their new role-playing adaptation of The Catcher in the Rye. Until next time. Damn it, I want to play that. I know, right? (laughs) All right, so until next time, remember, the only way to win in a role-playing game is to have fun. Have fun. Fun.
I'm totally playing Holden Caulfield in our next Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Interesting. Thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Uh-huh.